Hello and welcome to this Aerospace Testing International podcast. I'm Ben Sampson and in this episode I chat to Jason Chua, co-founder and COO of Universal Hydrogen, a hydrogen logistics company for aviation based in California that was founded last year. Just during this past month, April, the company has raised more than $20 million in funding. Hydrogen logistics may sound a bit industrial and conjure up images of pipelines and tanks, but Universal Hydrogen has big ambitions. Not only is it developing modular hydrogen storage and infrastructure tech for transporting hydrogen fuel to aircraft, it's also working on a retrofit kit to modify regional airplanes to run off hydrogen. I talked to Jason about both programs, the scale of the challenge facing his company and the challenge aviation in general faces to decarbonize and why he thinks hydrogen is the answer. Uh, Jason, you're co-founder and COO of Universal. Um, do you call it Universal or Universal Hydrogen? Uh, we call it Universal Hydrogen. If yeah. we want to abbreviate, sometimes we call it UH2, because H2, of course, is the molecular formula for, for hydrogen. Sure. So UH2. UH2. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's what I'll do from now on. Uh, could you, t- I mean, it's quite a new startup, right? Could you tell me a little bit about the company, first off, and, and how you've come to be, co- how you come to found it and, and be COO? Yeah, of course. So, um, so Universal Hydrogen has been around for about a year, and our goal is to decarbonize the skies, right? We want to transition the industry to hydrogen-powered aviation, and we're doing that by, uh, by sort of fixing or addressing the two remaining gaps in the hydrogen value chain for aviation. So that's on two fronts, right? There's the value chain for the hydrogen mo- molecule itself. Mm-hmm. How do you get hydrogen fuel to airports? Of course, you know, if you, if you think about hydrogen as a as a gas, as a commodity, right? There's an increasing number of uh, of hydrogen producers um, that are hitting uh, that are hitting the market, especially as we have renewable projects coming online. And so it's a really great pair to wind projects, solar projects, things like that. So there's a lot of hydrogen supply, um, and we think there could be a lot of hydrogen demand in aviation. But there's really no good way to get the, supply, the hydrogen from the point of production to the point of consumption uh, without building a lot of very expensive pipelines or you know custom tanker trucks that are really really cold or on-site airport storage or you know lots of things like that right we mm-hmm. estimate that it's you know several billion dollars per airline per airport to sort of build out that infrastructure so anyway a lot of money we wanted to make it easier for people to do it and also a lot faster and so we've created this modular hydrogen capsule solution uh, and it's designed specifically to get transported on the intermodal freight network. So you, you can sort of think of it as um, uh, Nespresso pods, right? <laughs> it's one analogy that we sometimes use, right? You have the coffee, you put in these little pods, you can put those pods in a box and ship them all around the world. And then you just pop it into the coffee maker, which of course brings me to the second part of the second the parallel, second parallel uh, value chain, right? Which is of course, hydrogen powered aircraft. It does no good to you if you have a hydrogen at the airport, if you have nothing to use it. And so we're of course, um, putting together the components uh, and doing certification for a um, hydrogen uh, fuel cell powertrain for a regional turboprop. And so uh, again, this is, this is sort of a space where fuel cells exist, electric motors exist, 
uh, obviously airframes <laughs> exist, right? And so we're putting those things together, uh, wrapping a lot of uh, really interesting certification work around it to make sure that you know this is as, as safe or safer than existing power plants. Um, and ultimately our goal is to get a 40 to 50 seat regional turboprop, some, something on the order of a Dash 8 or ATR 72 certified to fly and in service by 2025. And so that's sort of the second leg of things. So two things, hydrogen uh, storage and transportation. Um, and then the second one is a certified um, aircraft powertrain culminating in a, in a um, conversion kit for regional turboprops that will fly in 2025. Sure. And you mentioned both things in parallel there, uh, that you've, mm -hmm. got the, you've got the infrastructure challenge, which you have this modular capsule delivery infrastructure system, and then the retrofit of the of the the retrofit of the aircraft to, to run on hydrogen. I mean, is that, do you actually have both programs running at the same time in parallel? Are you, are you planning to do both at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we think that if you think about, you know, other industries, other, um, for example, automotive, right, that have been transformed in, in, in sort of the decarbonization way, mm -hmm. right? How did how is Tesla successful? I think that's sort of the big success story in the EV space. How are they successful? They, they weren't the first to create EVs, right? You know, EVs had been around for you know a couple of decades by the time um, Tesla came around. They weren't the first to invent batteries. But the thing that's special about Tesla, I think, is they, they took a value stream approach, right? They looked across the entire ecosystem. They they looked at what the gaps were, and then they you know addressed all those gaps in parallel. And that's I think ultimately why they were sort of the major movers in that space. So they invested in energy storage technology, which is batteries. They invested in a charging and distribution system, which is their supercharger network. And they also happened to start with a retrofit product, right? Turning the Lotus Elise into the first Tesla Roadster. We're taking a very similar approach. It's sort of coincidentally, but you know, we really believe that that's the right approach because you can't solve any one legs of the stool because you need three legs for the stool to stand, right? And so that's why we're doing all things, all three things in parallel. Okay, so it's quite quite an ambitious program. I mean, where where are you um, at the moment? You know, let's take the the infrastructure part first. I mean, where are you with that at the moment? Have you got a you got a working system? Have you have you tested it? Is it yeah. So on the on infrastructure piece, on the hydrogen storage piece, we have uh, we have built a couple sort of subscale prototypes of our uh, of our hydrogen modules. We are. We're very close to being done with our, with our first couple full-scale modules mm -hmm. for both liquid hydrogen and for gaseous hydrogen. And the goal over the next few months is to build several of these and run through all, run through, through all sorts of testing so they're certification ready. So, so we're making quite a bit of progress on that front. Okay. So when it's transported to hydrogen, just to clarify this in my mind, um, Jason, sorry. When it when it's transported, is it trans transported as a, I mean, what state is the, is the hydrogen in? Is it some sort of high-pressure vessel? Yeah, so we have actually both. Uh, so there, there are two ways that you can transport hydrogen: either high pressure gas, as you're mentioning, or um, liquid, right? Mm -hmm. And we're actually working on both because we think both are going to be um, uh, usable by airlines in, in different scenarios, right? So gaseous can cover about 75% of the missions that regional turboprops fly, uh, and then you would need liquid for the extra long missions that these aircraft fly. And mm -hmm. so we're working on both, and so they're progressing sort of in similar timescales, and, and we'll be ready uh, by the time. Uh, the aircraft powertrain and conversion kit is certified. Okay, great. I mean, and I mean, hydrogen is no emissions at the point of use, but during its production, it can be, you know, it can create emissions and, and have an impact on the environment. I mean, how, what, mm -hmm. what kind of work are you guys doing to make sure that it's produced in a sustainable way? 
Yeah, we're, we're very committed to making sure that as we are sort of transitioning the industry to what we believe is the future clean fuel for aviation, we're actually, we're not creating sort of yeah. some problems upstream, right? And so we've actually worked with different hydrogen producers. The one that we've announced publicly is a partnership with Plug Power to, to do, to take off take uh, of green hydrogen from them. And so we believe that we've come to the really, a really interesting point in the development of the hydrogen ecosystem, where because of the, the flood renewables that are hitting the grid, the the sort of um, improvement in technology around, especially PEM technology, proton exchange, exchange membrane technology mm-hmm. for uh, um, water electrolysis and the hydrogen. Um, the cost of hyd- green hydrogen is coming down really, really, really rapidly. So much so that by 2025, we believe that it's going to be uh, at cost parity, if not cheaper, um, on a per seat mile basis or per seat kilometer basis to operate a hydrogen powered aircraft. Uh, as it would be to operate a, um, a a traditionally powered aircraft. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, great. So let, let's talk just uh, quickly about the um, about the, the the fuel cell uh, system that's going to be fit, fitted onto the onto the aircraft. These regional aircraft at first, if that's running in parallel at the moment, I mean, how's the development for that going? You know, have you you know what's what's the kind of timeline? What details can you can you give me about that, please? Yeah, so it's, uh, we're we're doing really well on that front, also. So one of the one of the strategic decisions, one of the strategic decisions that we've made early on, yeah. right, is that we don't want to have to rely on you know technological leaps in order for this thing to become a reality. We want this to be a reality as soon as possible, mm-hmm. and we are excited because the technological bricks actually exist today. They're mature technologies. And so, you know, in, in the same way that we're taking a mature hydrogen production sort of ecosystem and levering, leveraging that with a mature um, intermodal freight dis- distribution network to get hydrogen to airports, we're taking mature fuel cell technology, mature electric motor technology, and of course, existing air, uh, airframes, um, and we're integrating them into a it's a sort of a hydrogen powered fuel, hydrogen fuel cell, fuel cell powertrain. Um, and so we actually have uh, our first ground demonstration, uh, Ironbird, running with um, uh, with a fuel cell connected to hydrogen, connected to electric motor, turning propeller. So we actually we've actually run that a couple times. We're going to be bringing that up in power levels and going to be at the one megawatt level um, by the end of the year. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we'll get to sort of our target power class, which is two two megawatts. Put an air put it on an aircraft, and we should start test flying in you know twenty twenty three or, or thereabouts. That's rapid progress, right? So you must be really pleased with that. And you've, that comes perhaps from, from you just announced that you've acquired or you've announced a deal with, uh, was it Plug Power recently? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, that's correct. So Plug Power, is, it's one of, they've been sort of long, long-time leaders in the fuel cell and hydrogen space in, uh, in the US. And so we're really excited to be par- uh, partnering with them. Uh, because not only are they, I think they're probably the, they have probably the most hours in terms of fuel cells in usage um, of, of any company out there, right? And certainly they have a large market cap out there of, of a hydrogen related company. Um, so they really know what they're talking about when it comes to fuel cells. They've uh, sort of partnered with us in the aviation vertical because they see that as a really interesting expansion uh, territory for them. Um, but they also have just made some acquisitions around hydrogen production. And so we're excited to partner with them on that as well. So we're, we're, ex- we're really excited to help uh, work with them to grow the hydrogen economy and um, make hydrogen aviation a reality in the very near term. So they, I, from what I, what I remember reading, they, don't they do fuel cells for forklift trucks normally? Is that right? 
Yeah, so that's sort of where they're starting, but they're yeah. sort of you know expanding into a lot of other verticals, including aviation. Yeah. So, so I mean, how 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 does that work? I mean, how closely are you working with those guys? Do they bring their expertise and knowledge across, and and they and they're working on the on the Iron Bird? And you know, I'm just trying to get a picture in my head. Is it just a case of yeah. you're selling there and and off you fly, or is it a bit more complex? <laughs> Yeah, no, so it, it is a bit more complex than that, right? And they've been really engaged. So we have at least weekly meetings with their team. Um, and, and so they're they're providing the fuel cell expertise. You know, they they know fuel cells better than than everyone, right? Than anyone. And um, you know, we, we come from a pretty deep bench of aviation talent. As I as I'm sure you probably know, right? Our founding team, we we sort of we all came from United Technologies most recently, but our CEO Paul. Uh, was a chief technology officer officer there, and also was the chief technology officer at Airbus in the past. Mm. Uh, our chief, our, our CTO today, JP, um, he's been a professor of aerospace engineering for the past several decades. He, he was actually Paul's professor. Um, okay. I've I've worked at United Technologies and Airbus. Um, John, uh, the, the fourth co-founder, has also worked at um, UTC, Airbus, and also some other aerospace startups. So we 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 spent quite a bit of time in aviation, and so that's sort of the expertise that we bring to the table. And Plug Power brings their fuel ex- uh, fuel cell expertise, and so together we've been able to make a lot of modifications um, that are sort of putting us on the path to getting these fuel cells flight worthy um, and certifiable and, and safe and to the power levels that we need to to power a reasonable size aircraft. Right, and you you mentioned UTC there, and that's 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 who you worked for last, as and, and before then at the at the at the Airbus A3 um, thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but you kind of so has there been a kind of switch in thinking? I mean, you was uh, um, you, you was into kind of hybrid electric stuff, right, at, at UTC and Project Eight Hundred Four and and that kind of thing. So so how, yeah. what's, can you explain to me what happened? I mean, why why have you sort of kind of switched to thinking in terms of or you know, you and Paul or whoever switched to thinking about hydrogen in terms of aviation instead of hybrid electric, because we're seeing both routes in the sector at the moment, aren't we? People pursuing both routes. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think hydrogen, why do you think hydrogen is the answer in the, a hybrid electric approach? Well, so I, I think, you know, both, both. Uh, well, I guess all of us, right? We, we all sort of left UTC around the same time in conjunction with the Raytheon merger. And, and when we left, we, we really took that opportunity to ask ourselves, well, what are some things that we couldn't do within a large aerospace company that we feel are really important? And one thing that's become really clear to us is that it's really difficult for large aerospace companies to, you know, to create disruptive innovation within their own four walls. Mm-hmm. And so I think hybrid electric, I think it's a good, it's it's good incremental progress. But at the end of the day, we we're strong believers that hydrogen is going to be the future free fuel for aviation, uh, and that te- that the technology to make that happen exists today. And there were just, we just did not see a path for these large companies to make that happen under their own volition. There's there too many other things that they're, you know, that they're trying to maintain uh, and grow in terms of product lines and, and different things like that. And so we wanted to take it upon ourselves to say, you know what, we know the space. We, we have a strong vision and, and mission of what we want to do, which is to decarbonize aviation. Um, and we know we can do this, so let's let's do it from the outside and and work with these people and we you know work with our former colleagues, many of whom are friends, right, to figure out how we can take the things that we're incubating, developing outside, and actually getting them into mainline products like you know eventually single aisle aircraft, which mm-hmm. is sort of the ultimate ambition of of um, of where we're headed in aviation. Yeah, it's often the kind of I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's almost like a an, an established kind of trope that. That big companies like Airbus and Boeing can't work as fast as a startup in areas like that. I mean, are you finding? I mean, you obviously seem to be working very, very quickly. I mean, what's 
but also at the same time certifying this kind of technology especially new technology is extremely hard isn't it um i mean is there anything that that um is kind of that you know what's what's the big challenge in your mind that you think the company is going to come to within the next year what are the kind of key milestones what are the kind of thing that make you think oh my god are we really going to do this you know <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know you hit one of the one of the nails on the head right is because no matter what we do we want to make sure and we have to make sure that it's safe right because safety is it's always a number one priority right um and so I, you know, to that end, right, we're engaging very deeply with regulators. We have onboarded a bunch of certification and safety experts onto our team. We actually have um, a couple of folks from the, from formerly of the FAA on our advisory board. So um, Lourdes Maurice, who is a chief scientist and executive director of the Office of Environment and Energy is on our team, uh, as well as uh, Carl Burleson, who is one of the most recent deputy administrators of the FAA. And so they've been advising us on how we can use um, the regulations and treat the FAA not as a black box that we, you know, throw something into the abyss and hope something comes out, but actually work very constructively with, uh, constructively with them. And as you can imagine, our founding team has a lot of expertise in sort of working with the FAA and understanding how to get um, things certified. And mm -hmm. so that, that's sort of the number one, I wouldn't say that it's a challenge, but it's something that we know that we have to do because that's the right thing to do. And also it's a necessary thing to do. And that's, I think, sort of what's gating our timeline. Um, but at the same time, we believe that we have the expertise in-house to do it. Um, and um, we believe that our timeline is very credible. So you're engaging with the regulators already. That's that, that's great. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really great sign. And and and, and you, you you have your market firmly in, in, in mind for this as well, the regional market, which is great as well. We, we, just, we touched upon it briefly just now. I mean, do you see hydrogen as as the only fuel that aviation eventually uses or is just you know, will there be a mix of fuels in the future, do you think? So I think in the near term, there's going to be a mix of fuels, right? I think, you know, certainly I can't promise that we're going to have a hydrogen powered aircraft that certify that flies, you know, a reasonable amount of people a reasonable distance, like next year, right? That, that seems a little aggressive, given that we need to make sure that everything's safe to fly. Um, and so, you know, in the in the next few years, I think biofuels and other things like that will be important parts of the mix as we work to decarbonize the sector slowly. But in the long term, we 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 strongly believe that you know all the way up to single single aisle aircraft and perhaps beyond, um, hydrogen is a really good solution. Uh, we've actually done some paper studies that show that you can fly the same mission profiles that you can with the longest range single aisle aircraft today, with sort of you know a reasonable geometry. Um, of course, we're not planning to design the next single aisle aircraft, right? That's sort of Airbus and Boeing and, and to some extent Comex job, right? Yeah. Um, but we, you know, I think we've seen that Airbus has been quite vocal about their their view that hydrogen is a reasonable fuel to look at for their next single aisle. Uh, we share that view and we're working to to help reduce Airbus's risk, right? Because I think if you ask them what the biggest questions that they have are is, well, how do they get fuel to the different airports? How do they, how do they make sure that airlines are actually willing to adopt this? And so by going after the regional turboprop segment first uh, and sort of getting our fuel distribution system up and up and running and online and in use by you know 2025, um, you know, many of the operators that operate regional turboprops uh, of sort of the Dash 8 or ATR72 variety, they're also Airbus and Boeing customers, right? And so when they are going to make the decision about their next single out program, so they'll be able to ask their, their, their customers. Hey, you know, you used hydrogen in the past. You've used this modular fuel distribution system. Like, what do you think? Would you be interested in that? Do you believe the infrastructure is ready? Do you believe that the technology is ready? Do you believe that this is the right fuel to use? And I, we believe the answer will be a resounding yes, mm -hmm. uh, which will tip the scales 
you know, in favor of hydrogen being sort of the only solution for single out flight. Okay, just just a couple more questions, Jason. Thanks, um, thanks for your time. I I'm just wondering. Um, I mean, for it to be successful as well, it has to be right for the market in terms of cost, doesn't it? I mean, are you are you absolutely? Yeah, are you confident you can hit those that you know your targets to make it not just desirable in terms of you know this is a green option to run your airplane, but but also in terms of cost? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the biggest criteria. That so before we sort of launched into you know full bore head and doing a lot of engineering and analysis and you know prototyping, we did the economic analysis, right? Because if it doesn't make sense on you know from a dollars and cents or, or you know from a from a green in your pocket perspective, right? Yeah. It's never gonna it's never gonna take off in the way that we want to, and we're gonna just end up trying to roll a boulder up a hill. Uh, but as I, you know, talked about earlier, we we've seen the price trends. So if you take a look at third-party studies like Bloomberg and NEF's model around the cost of green hydrogen over the next, you know, decade or so, there's a very steep decline. We've asked hydrogen producers if they believe that curve, uh, and if they do believe that curve, we've asked them, hey, will you commit to supplying us X volumes, uh, you know, this many kilograms or this many tons of hydrogen in 2024 or 2025 at this price point? And the answer has been yes, right? And so that's why we have firm offtake agreements with with hydrogen producers such as Plug Power um, yes. to provide hydrogen at those costs in those timelines. And we've also done the analysis around, well, what do those prices mean in terms of a cost per seat mile or cost per seat kilometer basis for airlines? And the answer is that it's actually the same or lower uh, than it would be to power, uh, power an aircraft conventionally. Okay, great. That's interesting to know. Thanks. Um, I mean, I'm really impressed by the speed at which you're working at and what's been achieved in the last year. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot to do before 2025, but I mean, you must be scaling up really rapidly to, to hit these targets, right? Um, I mean, and, and you must be the busiest man in the world, right? I mean, as <laughs> chief operations officer, I mean, I, I, what's, I mean, what's the kind of plan? I mean, how many employees that you're at at the moment and you know how, how big do you think the company can will, will get within the next you know you know short term three five years how yeah well so i mean <laughs> that's a really good question because uh, it's funny that you say short term three to five years for me the short term like next three to five weeks <laughs> and so right now we're, we're at about a dozen people um yeah. sort of like working on this full-time in-house um, besides that, we have maybe 50, 50 people at partner organizations that we've worked in the past that are sort of helping us staff as we staff up the team. Mm. Um, our, our, in, our in-house headcount should roughly triple over the next three to five months. So talking about, you know, the, the very near term, and we expect to double or triple every year thereafter until we, we hit the market. Um, but, you know, we, we, we certainly are quite busy, um, but it's, it's a lot of really exciting things uh, that are happening, right? Harvest coming together. We're starting to do some testing. Um, we have some good partnerships that we haven't yet announced uh, that we should be announcing soon and um, and some really great uh, news on the horizon. Um, our team that we've built so far has been great, right? The, the founding team, I think, is, you know, they're, they're, they're folks that are really like working with. And I think they have an incredible amount of expertise to bring to the table. Our strategic advisory board, I mentioned the folks from the FAA. We also have some senior Airbus, uh, Airbus executives that that have joined. Um, and also, we've added a chief commercial officer, Rod Williams, who's you know run programs at Bombardier, including a lot of the you know with, with a lot of the same customers and a lot of the same airframes that we're working with today. And mm-hmm. so that's bring uh, bringing us a lot of credibility and, and certainly helping us inform our commercial strategy. And so making a lot of good progress there. 
Um, but yeah, I think, you know, right now we're in scale up mode, not only from a hardware perspective, but from a team perspective. Um, but at the same time, right, I think we all feel this urgency, right? Aviation is not going to decarbonize itself. We have a very, very limited amount of time that, that we, a small window that we have to sort of, you know, make progress since these are such long lived assets. And air travel, I think, as we probably all feel right now, like we want to get out there. We want to go travel. We want to visit friends and family. We want to explore new places. And that's that's important to be able to do, but we want to make sure that people can do that without growing their carbon footprints. And that's that's why we're so fanatically passionate about doing the things that we're doing today, right? Is decarbonizing aviation through hydrogen fuel and doing that with existing technologies, doing that in the near term, going after large aircraft, and also serving, you know, solving the 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 challenge on sort of the ecosystem level, not just thinking about powertrains, but also about how do you actually get the fuel to the airports. Yeah. Okay. Just to, just that's that's great. Just to finish up, just so that I can understand understand it com- correctly. Just so that I, I mean, so in, in the past, I think a, a key problem with hydrogen, particularly in the automotive sector, was was getting that infrastructure in. You know, that's why we didn't mm-hmm. see hydrogen's widespread take off as a as a as a fuel, or haven't perhaps you have in California. I'm, I'm not too sure, but um, it, but 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 so your solution is to is to deliver the infrastructure as as well as the as well as the hydrogen aircraft, right? So you're doing both. That's that's what you're doing. That's quite impressive, right? That's okay. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I think we have to, right? Because you can't you can't just do one thing. You got to do everything. Okay. Cool. All right. So, is there anything else you want to mention at the moment, Jason? Are you desperate for aerospace testing engineers to come and work for you, or maybe you will be in the future? Yeah, absolutely. We, we like I said, we're, we're we're tripling the size of the team in the next few months. So. If you if you don't see a job that that's interesting to you today that's posted, yeah. you may see that you know come online in the next few weeks. So please keep an eye out, and we're always happy to have more talent and more partners. And you know even if you don't come to work with us, I think we want to make sure like there's a, there's you know certainly growing interest in the space, and we think that you know we welcome all comers because we think that it's going to take a whole community to make uh, to make the switch over to a greener fuel. And so we want to of course lead that change, but um, we're happy to work with the group to make it happen. Awesome. Okay, great. Thanks for your time, Jason. Cheers. Thanks, Ben. Have a great day. Okay, so my thanks again to Jason for chatting to me. Uh, I don't know about you, but I found it really interesting to hear about this company uh, and another that's backing hydrogen as the long-term solution to decarbonizing aviation. Uh, In in my opinion, it's a lack of infrastructure that's always held back hydrogen's more widespread use. Um, At least it did uh, in the UK with automotive. So developing a distribution system uh, and the propulsion system at the same time uh, makes makes good sense. So so thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. And and be sure to subscribe and listen to our next episode uh, where I talk to Evital developer Brandon Robertson from uh, Horizon Aircraft in uh, Canada.